0: Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarraga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Don't you wish that somebody would have told you things that you could do that would help you out before you did it, and then you found out you did it the wrong way? Um, when it comes to life, um, I'm getting up there, and I just want to say this. I don't profess to know everything, but i thank God that he does know everything. And when it comes to life, how we should live the things to do or not to do, uh, all these different things, God is very uh, open and revealing those things to, to you. And so um, uh, tonight, uh, 10 powerful tips for life. And so whether you are single, whether you're engaged to be married or married, uh, these tips are for you regardless of what age you are. They can be applied very young uh, and early on. Uh, one of the things that I really, um, as, a, as a young man, uh, probably my early 20s, I, I, ch- I decided I don't want to reinvent the wheel of life. There's enough people around me uh, that, that I can look, t- look to. And uh, when it comes to the word of God, I got to recognize very early on, I need to go to the word of God for direction in my life. And so that's what I have done. And so I have, uh, uh, once again, with all my flaws and faults, I have uh, years of experience. Um, I'm in my, well, I can't believe it. I'm going to be getting close to 60 in a few years. And uh, I just, even saying that is, is very disturbing to me. Um, anyways, I'll get through. Uh, but with experience, uh, so what I'm saying to you, I would want to say to uh, my own uh, daughter, my own child, uh, and the things that, that I would say to you today, I would say to you as a son or as a daughter. Uh, and let me say this, the word of God is truth and is powerful and it is for life so grab a hold of this because it works and so all these tips these things that i'm going to share with you today i'm going to some parts i might skim over a little bit faster because we we touched on them in in previous uh, uh parts the first if you go back uh to the 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 series with the title uh, Engaged or Single, Engaged, Married with Question Marks, uh, that's part one, and it's talking about priorities, so we'll, we'll just briefly touch on that. Uh, part two had to do with dealing with the past and forgiveness, but part three here is dealing, how do we deal with things today, right now, in our in our life, and moving forward, uh, so that we're not the worst thing is to go around in circles. Who wants to go around in circles? Who wants to be stuck in a rut? Who, who wants to live that way? Who wants to, to live a way that, that you just say, well, I don't know if this is going to work or not. This works because it's not just what I have found out, but it's already been in the word of God for thousands of years and is there for our uh, benefit and blessing and for life. So, uh, so today uh, we're going to go, and once again, some of it will be very quick. We'll just touch on quickly. Uh, just right off the, the top, uh, dealing more so with uh, married uh, or, uh, couples and, um, and those that want to get married, and even single individuals, uh, young men, women, you're, or you're thinking of getting married. Uh, let me just uh, touch on this uh, from Ephesians chapter five verse 31 to 33. Ephesians 5, 31 to 33, uh, it says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So marriage between a, a man and a woman, according to the word of God, the two shall, two shall become one flesh. And we're not just talking a physical union. We are talking a spiritual union union and that is why God s- states that it should be for life until death do us part and, and that, that there would be uh, a, uh, a powerful thing accomplished through the two of you and so it goes on to say this is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church and in verse 23 or 33 nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so we talked about that two weeks back. Just quickly, the, the, the main focus of if you are a married couple, husbands, love your wife even to the point of being willing to die for her. You, the way that you treat her, the way you speak to her, the way you encourage her, the way you, you show her that love physically, that the hugs and, and those kisses and intimacy, all of those things you show love. The time that you would spend with her, the things you would do for her, the the whatever you would uh, uh, get for her, those little th- things that would indicate, "Hey, I love you." Love your wife. And number two, for for the women, for the the wives, respect. Listen, husbands initiate that love. And as you love your wife, the respect for you, which is a thing of attitude, should be one of respect. And and wives, even though your husbands may not be perfect, have an attitude of respect and honor for them as as those that would be uh, a, a priest in your home and should be priest in your home, just as Christ loved the church and died for, for the church. Uh, the thing about uh, being together... Uh, just quickly, in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, uh, verse, verse 9. And there's this, uh, this thing of, a, of a, a braided cord. And uh, so this illustration of a braided cord, uh, just quickly here from uh, verse 9, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So this is is also, if you're single, uh, there is this aspect of, you know what? It's good to have friends. It's good to have a brother uh, that that will be there with you or a sister that that can help you, sisters. uh, Just to have a friend, uh, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. You can do things together. Get so much more accomplished as you work together with others. For if they fall, one will lift up as a companion. But woe to him who is alone, for when he falls, for he has no one to help him up or to lift them up. Listen, uh, especially for believers. If you are alone, you're not part of a a body of believers or uh, you're isolating yourself, it's not healthy. It is not healthy. Listen, uh, by nature, I'm more of an introvert. Uh, than an extrovert and it's it's ironic that God would call me into ministry you have no idea how shy I was when I was uh, going through uh, elementary school and and even high school so shy even as a young adult so shy my by nature I I I have no problems being on my own but I'll tell you right now it's not healthy two are better than one Um, so there's there might be a forcing of you to get out of your um, uh, what should I say Uh, seclusion mentality because listen if if my body decided to one finger decided to say you know what I'm going to seclude myself from the rest and I'm not going to function and not going to work you know just one part of your body one finger not working it's like oh my goodness this is so frustrating and uh, we are a part we belong to each other two are better than one again if two lie down together they will keep warm but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. So if you're going to fight uh, against someone, it's so much better if you have somebody fighting alongside you. And a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. Two strands are good, but three are even better. And in this, in this I would say, if you're, especially as you're married, that you would include... The lord jesus that jesus christ would be central in your marriage and f- if you're single that jesus christ would be integral in your life it is important that jesus christ is a part of your life and uh in fact jesus said th- it's amazing uh did you did you know that jesus prayed for you and and that prayer is recorded in chapter uh john chapter 17 and so um uh, I just want to read one verse, uh, John chapter 17 from verse 21. And it says, uh, and this is Jesus praying for you and for me. It says, whoops, let me just make sure I got the right verse here, Seventeen twenty-one. 21. It's on the wrong chapter. So 21, it says, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So this thing of, of being together in unity, if you're not in unity with, with, uh, with God, with the Lord as Jesus was in the Father, and the Father, let me read it again. You, Father, are in me, and I in you, and that they, those that would believe, that's us, would also be one in us, that we are in with within uh the father the son and the son and that we are together in unity with them so critical and so important is what jesus would want for you so just regarding life don't do life alone to do life together with uh whether if you're married with some uh with your spouse and if you're not married Definitely within the body of Christ, with the church, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Listen, if you don't have a church uh, that you belong to, you need to get into a church. Church is of God. I'm not talking the institution. I'm not talking a building. I'm talking the fellowship of believers. Uh, it is critical, and so you need to have fellowship with other believers. It's so important, and that we would be together, recognizing that we are one with the Lord. The Lord is with us. He will see us through every situation. Uh, as we allow him to be a part of our life as we invite him into our lives praise god Uh, second point i want you to know this doesn't matter what you may feel doesn't matter what you're going through as a believer in jesus christ the lord will never leave you nor forsake you hebrews 13 verse 5 talks about the fact that the lord is saying hey listen uh, you know it talks about coveting and, and and maybe desiring this and that, but the Lord is saying, "Listen that there would be a grabbing a hold of me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be there with you and I, I want you to know when it comes to life and doing life don 't go by your feelings and say oh i don 't feel like god 's a part of my life um, if you are seeking him if as as you are, are are allowing him to be a part of your life and you are are desiring to have fellowship with him he says i'll never leave you nor forsake you uh we can move away from god but he won't move away from us and uh i had a i had a an individual the the phrase stuck with me uh this this was a few years back and an individual said i felt like i was 10,000 miles Away from God. But I turned and he was right there. I thought, so profound uh, and uh, just an amazing realization that the Lord, as we allow Jesus into our lives, he is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. What a comfort that is uh, as we grab a hold of that. And so often we feel we're alone, even when we're alone from other people. And we're all isolated, and whatever, the Lord, as He is part of our lives, we've as we've asked Him to be a part of our lives, is with us. And I also said, when it comes to feeling, you may not feel anything, you may not feel, but as your faith is in Jesus Christ, He is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Um, when it comes to priorities, and this is going back to the first uh, session that we had in this series. Um, Priorities. To me, this is critical. When I realized this, it gave um, structure to to where I am, even as a pastor. I know there's there's pastors uh, uh, that were were they've lost their children because they didn't put things in the right frame. They didn't put it in in the right priority, the in the right grouping, if you would. And so what happened was. Uh, oftentimes uh, you will have past, even pastors and uh, 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 ministry leaders losing their own children because they don't have things in balance and they're out of balance and they, uh, they don't have the right order of things. Uh, when it comes to career, let me just say this. When it comes to career, when it comes to job, when it comes to uh, pursuit of a profession or work or whatever, at the very highest would be fourth, at the very highest, fourth. Now, I recognize I can spend 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours at work and still have things in balance, and still my job is fourth. So even as a pastor, just quickly, number one, at the very top, my relationship with God and the maintenance of that relationship, because every relationship requires work. And a maintaining so you need to maintain relationship just like you would with a person you need to spend time with them number one your relationship with god and the maintenance of that relationship with god is number one number two in priorities is your relationship with the, with your family what, whatever age you are whether you're with a family of believers and unbelievers is that your family uh, is second and um so uh, some of you, and I just I might be talking to you tonight and you say, you know what, I don't have interaction with my family. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that necessarily uh, if you're already married or whatever and your biological brothers or sisters are distant or they don't want things to do with you, but that there would still be an opening to them. When it comes to your own family, whether you're married or whether you're single, um, that family, your biological family is important. Now, if you need to keep distance from them for whatever reason. It says to be, keep peace with all men if possible, if possible. But if there's a, a, an opportunity to, to have interaction with them, if you've lost interaction, that you would seek that, that relationship. It's so important. Um, and for me as a pastor, let me just say see how, see how this ties in. Uh, if I put my, my calling of pastor before my family, God is saying this is not right, and God in 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 First Timothy, the Word of God to to me as a pastor says, if I can't take care of my family, I have no right to take care of the church as a pastor. And so for you, if you may not be a pastor, listen, your your second priority is your family, especially as a if you're a a, a husband, a man, father, husband, uh, you have a responsibility to your wife, you have a responsibility to your children. You be that man, be a man of God, be tough. Do the things of God, love your wife, love your children don't be afraid to say no to them. Have structure, have boundaries, but it's your responsibility if you're a woman a wife uh, you have a responsibility to your to your husband, to your children, do the things that you 're supposed to do uh don't let work or whatever sidetrack or whatever i recognize there might be times in your life where there's there's less time or whatever but for goodness sake you have a responsibility to your children as parents and uh so relationship with the family for children and uh you have responsibility to your parents to 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 uh, obey them and to honor them and to uh uh to do the things that they would have you do in the lord as they would ask you to do those things uh to do them god wants to bless you and finally, the relationship, and this I, I talked about this a few weeks back, relationship with the, with the body of Christ is critical. And this is where most or so many Christians go wrong. And they just use the body of Christ as, well, you know what? And I use body of Christ because it makes it way more significant than just using the word church. Well, if I make it to church, I make the church. If I don't, it's not a problem. It's, I'll get there whenever I get there. Listen. The body of Christ, you are a member. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, you became a member in the body. And so uh, you have a purpose and function within the body. You need to do that. So this this thing of, well, you know what, if I, if I belong to church and I'm not involved or whatever, this is not what God has called you to do. And this is where I would say most, or not most, but many Christians, they, they, they're view of the body of christ uh, uh is is not right and oftentimes they see church church or the assembling together of the saints and the ministry that's involved in church and and in the fellowship of believers i uh, is way down on the list of priorities listen it should be priority number three and these three things should be kept in balance so not one Overweighing any other one but they should be all three kept in balance in that order but with balance our relationship with god number one uh and its maintenance our relationship with it within our family and the maintenance of relationship and number three our, our our uh function and purpose within the body of of christ the relationship the purpose that i have within the body and the maintenance of relationship within the body needs to be those three things in that order without uh, overemphasizing every, any one of them. And all the other things will fall into place. Praise God. If I would have... Uh, I thank God that I this last part that God really revealed to me uh, and it helped me so much in how I, I deal with my, my children as Julie and I deal with our children. I don't let even the calling that I have as a pastor cause for neglect of my, my children who are at this point... Uh, one is married, and, and they're all adults, uh, but there's still that interaction with them. Praise God. Uh, point number four, if you're keeping track here, uh, four, the fourth tip here that I want to give is to delight in the Lord. And uh, actually, I'm just going to read Psalm 37, uh, verse uh, probably verse three or four around. Let me just get that quickly. Sorry. So Psalm 37, uh I think we'll start at verse 4 once I get there. So uh, with this one is to, de, to delight in the Lord. And it's, it's basically what it means is to, to uh, man, I, I, I just love the Lord. I want, I want to spend time with him. I, I enjoy God. I enjoy the relationship that I have with him. I want to know more about him. And listen, if you're a new believer, be pursuing the knowledge of God and who He is, and the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, uh, actually from verse 3. So, Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Now, the verse. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Do you want... The desires of your heart to become reality start to delight in the Lord. Here's what we often do. We, we put the cart before the horse. You have never seen a horse pushing a cart. You've always seen a horse pulling a cart. We often want to put the cart in front and say, well, you know what, I want what's in the cart. I want to find those things, pursue those things. And, and so we, we pursue things, whatever it may be, and so delighting ourselves in the Lord, once again, is down the list. Delight in the Lord. Pursue relationship with God. Pursue God. Enjoy being in the, with the Lord. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the, the desires of your heart. And just this passage around there, just so many things of truth there. Uh, but I want you to focus in and on, on how you um, view God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and getting to know them better and, and to getting to enjoy, just like you would a, a, when it comes to beautiful friendship or relationship. It's like, oh, man. Like for myself and and, and my wife, um, you met her a few weeks ago as uh, she was on the set, but it's like we've been married now. It'll be 34 years coming up in May. and um, And it's like even though I'm flawed and she knows I'm flawed, it's like i love my wife so much i enjoy relationship with her i enjoy interacting with with her i enjoy doing things together with her and uh same thing with the lord to delight in the lord and it says that he will give you the desires of your heart what are the desires of your heart lord is saying i can make those things work out so don't put the cart before the horse put the, the cart behind the horse let God let the focus let the first priority be oh, I'm going to delight in you you're going to be first in my life and these all the other things will be added to you praise God to delight in the Lord the Lord has made you uh, with with passions and talents and as the Holy Spirit is a part of it some of those things the things that we may even uh, that he's put into us are, are talents he's to be able to use them. Can you imagine using the talents that God has given you? The Lord is saying, and the passions that you may have, God is saying, by my Holy Spirit, as you delight in me, I want those things to come to life and to become a reality in your life. Praise God. Uh, Point number five, tip number five. uh, To have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. In Psalm 110 or 111 verse 10, it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're not talking about experience in life. Listen, you can have a a young person, you can have a child. If there's a fear of the Lord, there's a a, a respect of the Lord, there's a, a, a recognition of the Lord, and who he is, you can have someone that's very young having huge wisdom because of their fear of the Lord, their respect and honor and awe of God. So I, it says here in that passage, Psalm 111.10, it talks about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. You want wisdom to know what to do in whatever circumstance? Let God be first, that he would be, honored and respected in your life with your attitudes your thoughts your your in who you are um, and this and another scripture proverbs 1 verse 7 it says that the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge to have things revealed to, to come to life to you the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge if you don't have that you can have a lot of head knowledge and intellectual knowledge about different things. But if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you really don't even have the beginning of knowledge. The Lord God is, needs to be first in our life. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, secondly, it's the beginning of knowledge. Listen to different passages regarding the fear of the Lord um, and just the benefits of having the fear of the Lord in your life that respect they honor the acknowledgement even to the aspect of obedience and submission and yielding to God that's all part of the fear of the Lord and recognizing the, the the omnipotence the the omniscience the the omnipresence of God so listen Proverbs 9 verse 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding so here's a reminder of these two points uh proverbs ten twenty seven the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened so if you want to have good um, this prolonging of days is a positive statement it's like man, I just had a full day it was a good day. listen, the fear of the Lord is is the or prolongs days if you want to have a a your your life shortened it says but the years of the wicked will be shortened those that are opposed to god want nothing to do with god listen that's a wickedness especially when god gave his only son to die for you and he's saying hey i want you to have life he said god i don't need you in my life now if it's of ignorance uh you don't know that god loves you god loves you to the point where he gave his son to die for you. And he wants to give you fullness of life. I thank God for fullness of life. Each day, some days are planned and, and I know what's going to happen. Other days, it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't expect this. It's like just amazing of what, what, what's happened. And uh, that's the kind of God that we serve. The fear of the, of, of the Lord prolongs days. Proverbs fourteen twenty six. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence you lack confidence if you have a fear of the lord once again respect and honor and awe and submission and yielding and obedience all these things having to do with the fear of the lord it is there is strong confidence so if you want confidence put god first and his children will have a place of refuge not only are you bold and confident you can run to the lord in the times of storm and shelter because there's a recognition of God and a fear of the Lord and his children will have a place of refuge always and and verse 27 the very next verse proverbs 14:27 says the fear of the Lord is is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death listen fountain of life once again it's talking about the, the fullness the the think of us of a, a fountain of, of water flowing and, and gushing forth. We're talking about refreshment. We're talking about fullness. There's, I don't know about you. I can remember, uh, especially in school as a kid, it seemed like the school fountains always had the coldest water. And it'd be after you come out of gym or you come from recess or whatever, and you'd just go and you'd turn the tap and this fountain would gush out and you'd just be taking in the water. There's something about a, a refreshing glass of cold water. And here it says the fear of the Lord. If you want to have that gushing forth in your life of of fullness of life, it begins with the fear of the Lord. Praise God. It's a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. And so true uh, to have life eternal with God. uh, Proverbs 15, 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. So you don't need to have much. But if you have the fear of the Lord, you can have absolutely nothing. But with the fear of the Lord, the Lord is with you, and and he will keep you. So you don't have to have very little. It's not like, oh, man, I need this or I need that. There's no contentment in life. The fear of the Lord, you don't need much to have fullness of life and contentment. Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So if you want to be instructed in wisdom, it comes from the Lord. Honor him. Fear the Lord. And before honor is humility. If you want honor, there's a submitting, a thing of humbling yourself before God. And, and there will be an honoring of you and lifting up. And, and, and that lifting up is of, of God. God lifts you up even as you would humble yourself before him. In the mercy, Proverbs 16:6. 6, in the mercy and truth, atonement was provided for iniquity and by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. If you have a problem with sin, and temptation turn to the lord that he would be first and foremost in your life and there's a turning away a departing from evil even as you recognize the the chastisement of the lord of the father in our lives when we when we are purposely doing wrong sin is always a detriment to us and here god is saying hey listen i even get to point of chastisement of of that spanking that correction that we may need and part of it is to depart from evil, that we would not do evil. The fear of the Lord, this is Proverbs 19, 23, leads to life, fullness of life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Oh man, is that, that is powerful. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And then once again, this fullness and richness of life. And he who has it, this fear of the Lord, will abide or live in satisfaction, to be satisfied with life, to be content with life, to say, oh, man, God, you are so good. He will not be visited with evil. Proverbs 22, 4, by humility, so a humbling of self before God, and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Powerful. This is so many blessings by putting God first. And honoring, honoring him and respecting him in your life. Trust me, even with the flaws and faults that I have, there's this thing of riches and honor and life by humility and the fear of the Lord. Riches and honor and life. And a lot of times we think riches, we're talking material things. And it, it could be material things, but it's way more than that. Material things will come and go. And, but we're talking about the richness of life. And so often you see people that are so happy and they may have so little, uh, but they have the Lord and there's a richness about their life. Truly amazing. Um, The fear of the Lord, uh, if you need wisdom, ask for it. It talks about that in James 1, uh, verses 5 to 8. It talks about asking for wisdom. You need wisdom, ask the Lord for wisdom. You need direction, ask the Lord for direction. When it comes to the, the summary of all our life. And this is found in Ecclesiastes. Huge experiment. I don't want to get into details of it. But King Solomon had the power. He had the money. He had the time. He had everything at his disposal. And he does this huge experiment of life. Trying different things. You got to read it. Ecclesiastes. It's not a long book. 13 chapters. And all these experiments of life. And at the very end of the experiment... He's trying to find out what's the most important thing. And so the conclusion in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, and he says the conclusion of life, of this experiment is this. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. This This is what we should do. Fear God and keep his commandments. So part of it is to keep God's commandment is to recognize God, put him in the place that he needs to be first in our lives. And then it's being close to God to hear what he's saying. Part of it is reading the word of God, is hearing the word of God, but not just hearing, but is doing the word of God, to be obedient to the word of God and to what he would say. We're talking about relationship. This is the duty of man. This is why we are on this planet. And with it, there is this this aspect of life eternal. Because one of the very first things that God would say is that, he loved us so much that He gave His only Son that if we would believe in Him, we should not perish, but we would have eternal life. And so the very, one of the first things that he, he gives to us is the opportunity for eternal life if we would believe in Him. That's, and as we are obedient to that, 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 that love that is being demonstrated and, and, and given to us, as we grab a hold of what God is offering us in life eternal through His Son Jesus by faith, by believing, We have life. What a beautiful thing. Six. Uh, Talking about battles and the things that we go, the struggles that we go through in life. We we may have battles. Let me just say this. Your battle should never be with another person. Never. I'm not saying that you can't have conflict with others or, or there might be disagreement or whatever, but you should not be Taking time to say, you know what? I'm going to fight with this person. I got to fight this person. I got to get even with this person. I need to retaliate, whatever. Um, if we're going to fight, the fight that we need to fight, first off, is against Satan. You say, wow, I, I've never seen Satan. Now, let me just say this. The Lord says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And this is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse, uh, chapters, or verses 9 to 19. Read it. Uh, It talks about the fact we're not fighting against things that we can see. We're fighting against uh, demonic entities. That is where our fight needs to be, not with other people. And so uh, if you're struggling with your spouse, uh, there needs to be forgiveness. You need to talk things out. You should not be fighting against your spouse. If you have a problem with your brother and sister biologically, work things out. If you have a, a problem with your brother and sister in the Lord, Work things out. Go, talk to them. If there needs to be an asking of forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. If there needs to be a a giving of forgiveness, to forgive, forgive. But for goodness sake, your battle is not against people. It shouldn't be against people. It is against the enemy. Secondly, uh, regarding battles, uh, the battle is truly against one that is there to steal, kill, and destroy you. In John 10, verse 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, come destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Recognize that we are facing a foe that we can't even see that wants to steal from you, rob you of so many different things. He wants to kill you if possible physically and he wants to or destroy you Spiritually, that you will spend eternity apart from God—that is goal, his goal. Because he hates God and he hates God's creation, even though he was a created angel with full uh, free will to serve God or not, and he chose to 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 not serve God. He's saying, "Hey, I can be like God," and the thing of pride. And anyways, our fight is against Satan at this point in time. The weapons that we use: prayer, prayer in in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 and 5 it talks about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and and it goes through a list of four four different things there powerful I don't want to get into too much of it read that passage 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 and just look at what you can do in battle against the enemy by prayer it's a... Prayer is a powerful thing. One thing that prayer is, is communication with God. And part of that communication, in that communication, oftentimes there are, are, uh, there's authority given to us in Jesus' name. And as we have faith in Jesus' name, that we can do amazing things to, to bind the enemy, the strong man, and to, to uh, tear down strongholds that the enemy has put into our life or someone else's life. We can pray for those things to come down. And uh, uh, yeah, just powerful. The, the, uh, the priorities, the high things that people may have, we can tear, uh, we can cast those things down, those priorities in other people's lives. And you might say, wow, can I, do I have that power to be able to pray those things for other people that are going through problems or whatever? Absolutely. And you say, even for the unbeliever? Absolutely. In the end, though, they still have free will. But I, I saw this in, in somebody's life as we began to pray According to Second Corinthians ten four and five, and we were praying for this person. They had been apart from the Lord for years, for years. We're talking probably fifteen years. As a young person had gone astray, and then they, uh, we started praying for them. And within two or three months of beginning to pray for them specifically by name, uh, they, I can remember, I spoke with this individual, and uh, and she said, you know what? It was like I it was coming out of the fog. I, just, just this last while, I've, it's like I've, I'm coming out of the fog. I can see now and see the things that are, are not good in my life. And so she, she gave her life back to the Lord after like 15 years, 20 years of being apart from him. So powerful, the, the weapons that we use uh, to tear down or, or cast down priorities, high things, and people with things put way before God we can, that they, their eyes would be open to see that these things are not, uh, that they, they won't bring them life. Uh, to cast down arguments, in the King James Version, it talks about casting down arguments, the argument that someone would have against God, that we, we have the ability to cast those things down in Jesus' name. The arguments. You can start to pray. In Jesus' name, I cast down the argument that other have, that this person may have against why they shouldn't serve God or why they should have nothing to do with God. Now, in the end, once again, they have free will to, to even with the argument taken away, to either serve God or not. And God doesn't force anybody to serve, serve Him. Another passage or a part is, is to take captive thoughts that are not in obedience to Christ. And so we can even take captive thoughts. Our own thoughts that are not in tune and in line with, with what God would have. Listen, the negative thoughts, some of the thoughts that you have that are, are not true, they're not honest, they're not pure, they're not of good report, they're not praiseworthy, these kinds of things, we can take those thoughts captive and say, I'm not going to go down that path. Things of unforgiveness and bitterness and retaliation and get an evening, we can pray, Lord, let those thoughts be taken captive. Listen, if you have bitterness towards somebody at this point in time, and your thoughts are of wickedness and evil towards them, take them captive in Jesus' name. And if you need to cut off that, that root of bitterness, go to that person and ask for forgiveness, of even of your thoughts. And even if they did something to you that was wrong, you go to them and just say, listen, can you forgive me of the, the, the thoughts and the attitude that I had towards you? Because they were wrong. Listen, I did that uh, with my father my thoughts that i had towards him were not good and uh, as i asked for forgiveness he said i forgive you and man what a release what a relief so powerful the weapons that we use listen there's two kinds of prayer we could this what i was talking about was praying it with understanding and in first corinthians 14 verse 15 uh, paul writes he says we pray with understanding and we pray in the spirit and uh just for those if you're you're listen if you are not spirit-filled this is one reason to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and because there are times when we pray, we don't even are, we, we pray with understanding and, and sometimes you might say, well, you know, I pray for like two minutes and I'm done. And there are times when it comes to really needing to pray about something and it's like, I'm done. There it is at that point that we can begin to pray in the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit unctions our spirit what to pray to God. It bypasses our mind and our understanding, and we start to pray in another language that we don't even understand, but our spirit is being allowed to pray what needs to be prayed by the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. So powerful. Listen, if you're, list, if you're listening to me today, and you are in a, a church or a denomination that doesn't believe in the, uh, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, after you got saved and and with the evidence of speaking in tongues one of the things and i'm not talking about the gift of tongues i'm talking about the tongues that come when you're baptized in the holy spirit that every person that is baptized in the holy spirit can do and as you begin to pray in the spirit there are powerful things that can be accomplished because the holy spirit is letting our spirit know how to pray to God, so powerful, and Satan, he hates it. And there's a lot of believers, and even pastors and teachers, that say, "Well, that was for 2,000 years ago. Those things have are not for today." Trust me, they are for today. Why? Because there are there are when I can no longer pray with understanding, I begin to pray in the Spirit. Is one thing that we can do. Uh, so, yeah, seek that the baptism, in the Holy Spirit comes with one of the very first things that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this, the thing of speaking in tongues. Um, when it comes to the battle, may I say this, the church is critical. You need to belong to a church. When I said this already, uh, I think, before. or if, you're, if you are isolating yourself, this is not healthy. You need to be in the church, in a body of believers. During this COVID time, Listen. You need to remain connected with the church. You need to remain connected with brothers and sisters. I thank God. I, I'm so excited about all those that come for prayer. And so we have capacity at this point of 10 people, which is not much, but that you come and you pray. It's, there's every day we have prayer. Uh, and the the thing uh, in on Sundays, pray on your own. Very shortly we will be out of this situation, come to church, it is important. The gates of hell will not prevail against the body of Christ. Never. Not in, a, not in a million years. Never. Will never prevail. The church will overcome and is overcoming even at this time. Praise God. Uh, regarding the battles that we may have with, with temptation, there is no temptation that is not common to men. So you're not saying that, well, oh, you know what, no one else has, is going through what I'm going through. Yes, there are other people that go through the same thing as you. And as a believer... God has has said that there is no temptation uh, that will that you will not be able to bear, but there will also be a way of escape and first uh, Corinthians 10 thirteen uh, allows lets us know that as much as you think that you can't overcome temptation with the lord and by the power of the holy spirit you will be able to overcome temptation and with this this seventh point now last point point six was talking about battles not being afraid of battles you will have battles but listen for you to have daily victory for me this was something that i didn't realize up until the last number of years uh, if i wish i knew this as a as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, I wish I knew this next thing. And I just want to go to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And uh, Jesus, as he's talking to his disciples, those that would follow him, he says, if you're my disciples, he says three things. Number one, deny yourself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. To deny self, and, uh, and let me just go with the middle thing to take up the cross daily. It is not about saying, oh man, it sucks to be a Christian, and oh, my life sucks. And listen, I, I hear people that are constantly complaining. They complain, and complain, and complain. And I'm not saying that they don't have problems. I'm not saying that they may not be in pain, but they're constantly complaining. Jesus is, is very rarely mentioned. And taking up the cross is not done on a daily basis. So they are uh, struggling with life. Listen, if you want to have victory daily, if I would have known this when I was a teenager, what things would have been so much different, because they are different now. I thought, here's what I thought, man, I'm going through a struggle. I need to pray more. I'm not. I don't want to dispray. I pray daily, and to at length, in the spirit and in understanding both. I pray both, and I just want to say this, if. I, I thought, well, you know, if I just pray harder, if I just take more time in the word of God, and if, or if I just spend more time at church, and all these different things that I needed to do, if I would have known that the power of the Holy Spirit is released through or to me by what my faith is in. And so Jesus said, deny yourself. So deny your effort, deny your discipline, deny your, all these different things that you're depending on, deny them. Take up the cross daily means daily I will remember who Jesus is and what he did for me on the cross. My faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And with that, then I can follow Jesus easily because the power of the Holy Spirit is made available to me. You might say, is that the case, Pastor? Absolutely. First Corinthians 1 verse 18 talks about this. Uh, and it talks about uh, the message of the cross. And the message of the cross is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the message of the cross. And so who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. And so uh, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, this is powerful, uh, Paul writes, and he talks about, he says, I'm glad I didn't even baptize too many of you, because that, that your faith would not be in that. So let me just go back a few verses, so it may come up on the screen, it may not. Verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Hmm. Not with the wisdom of words. There's a lot of pastors and teachers and whatever, and I I could be plump myself in that. Now, I'm just saying a lot of words. But if I'm not talking about the cross of Christ, you're going to miss out on the most important thing, because the cross of Christ, there is a power that comes through our faith in who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. If my faith is there, taking up the cross daily, the, listen to the next verse, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So we push aside, ah, that's, that's nothing. I'm talking as believers. And as a result, we start to perish in our daily walk. We start to struggle. But to us who are being saved, what, how, the message of the cross—that message is the power of God. Is the power of God available to you daily? So now it's not like, oh, I need to read the uh, so many passages of Scripture every day. I need to spend hours in prayer, and for my life to be okay. No, no. no. Do I read the word of God? Yes. Do I pray? Yes. Do I come to church regularly? Yes. And I did before, even as a, before I was a pastor. I was in the church. But now my faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified, the power of God. I like what it says in verse 23. It says, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. Listen to the next verse. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, to the religious and to the, those that have the law, and to the Greeks, those that are the intellects, the, the wise of the day, of the world. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, it's available to them, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. It's available to the religious or to the intellectual, and it comes through the message of the cross of Jesus Christ dying for you and for me and in that the power of God comes through, uh, out Galatians 3 um, and uh, I might go to a verse uh, before that and it, it talks about in the, in the end of chapter 2 it talks about Paul identifying with Jesus Christ now recognize Paul was not a disciple of Jesus Christ like one of the 12 Afterwards, he became a, a follower of Jesus Christ and a very great apostle. And he wrote half uh, of the New Testament. And uh, he says, I, I have been crucified with Christ. This is verse 20, Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When did he give himself for me? On the cross. 2,000 years ago, and so my faith is in him, I live in the flesh in this body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, and I'll listen to verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain so it's not by me keeping the law that the power of God and the grace of God is available to me, but it is by my faith in Jesus Christ on a daily basis the most powerful thing that I've learned in my entire life as a believer, is that fact. Is the, by far Jesus Christ and him crucified. My faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And now my walk is so much easier because the Holy Spirit is made available to me. Listen, so the next verse, f- verse is here. Chapter 3, Galatians 3, verses 1 to 5. O foolish Galatians, who, should, who has bewitched you deceived that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified that's what I he's like when I came that's or that's what's been portrayed to you as Jesus Christ and crucified this only I want to know learn from you did you receive the spirit the Holy Spirit by the works of the law by you trying to be a good person and keeping the law and doing all the different things got to do this got to do that and whatever or by hearing of faith putting your faith in the gospel of of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, in the power of the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the the flesh, by your effort in keeping the law? Absolutely not. These are all rhetorical questions. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Now, verse 5 therefore he who supplies the spirit to you the holy spirit to you and works miracles among you does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith (coughs) what he's saying he's asking again it's a rhetorical question it's automatic he's saying it's not by you keeping a lot it's by the hearing of faith and your faith being in jesus christ and him crucified that's how jesus was portrayed to these believers in, in the province of galatia the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I just say, thank you, Lord. Listen, with that, and I, I just want to, I'm going to speed things up a little bit here. The baptism of the Holy Spirit I, I alluded to, seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, Acts 1 verse 8 talks about Jesus commanded in verse 4 of Acts chapter 1 that that they should wait until they'd received the, the, or have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And and in verse eight it says that, that they would um, receive the power of the Holy Spirit when as the Holy Spirit come upon them to be witnesses unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be a witness unto the Lord Jesus Christ is to is is to know once again who he is and what he did for us on the cross. There's a witness of that. I recognize Jesus died for me. And there's this powerful witness that goes out to others as well whether we're uh, at home whether we're at work whether we're at school as we're filled with the power of the holy spirit and i just say this again for goodness sake don't be afraid of speaking in tongues in acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 talks about um, what happened as they waited and they were filled with the holy spirit it says and they began to speak with other tongues as the holy spirit gave them the utterance don't be afraid the holy spirit doesn't possess you but there will be a speaking in tongues as you are filled with the Holy Spirit and just allow for that unctioning to happen and begin, you begin to speak out as, that, as the Holy Spirit unctions you to pray in another language, literally in another language. Uh, just so powerful. Um, in fact, the entire book of Acts, the powerful things that were done in the book of Acts, is the acts of the apostles and those that follow Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit an entire book, and the book doesn't end. It's continued right up until today. The book of Acts is being written today through us or the things that we would do in the power of the Holy Spirit. One day we will spend eternity uh, and, and just looking at, hey, at the, in the, in the, at the end of the day or whatever, just say, hey, let's, uh, what, let's hear a few stories of what the Holy Spirit did on you and through you in your life even as you came to Jesus Christ. There'll be beautiful stories. Uh, I've, I've heard of many of them from you as, as you came to the Lord and even as you allowed the Holy Spirit to fill you. Uh, what a beautiful thing is God changes your life and works through you. Just quickly, uh, number nine, tip number nine, God gives you gifts. So there are special gifts from the Father there's gifts that god uh, that that god the son jesus gives and there's gifts that the holy spirit gives and i i, I don't want to go into them too much but basically I'm say what does the father give things of prophecy of ministry of teaching of exhorting of giving of leading and showing mercy of of rejoicing and hope in uh, Uh, patience, and uh, being steadfast in prayer, uh, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. All these things are mentioned in Romans 12, verses 6 to 13. It talks about the different things that that are given to us uh, by the Father. The Son, Jesus. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 11 it says that he's that there are those that are called to be apostles to to affect many large groups of people apostles uh, uh, prophets to speak the things of comfort and of exhortation and uh, of direction uh, and of, of to us and sometimes things that would be seen in the future or things that that need to be warned a warning once again exhortation uh, of uh, of things that should should be and shouldn't be. Uh, so these are things that the Lord gives prophets that would be like that. Evangelists leading others to Jesus. Pastors and teachers are given into the church for the, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The Holy Spirit, some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith to move mountains, gifts of healing, working of miracles, to prophesy, the discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and the to another ter, interpretation of tongues. Difference of this kind of tongues is it's a specific message in a body of believers, where one person speaks in tongues and another one interprets for the edifying of the whole church. So it's different than uh, what is received, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit that every person that's baptized in the Holy Spirit receives the. This, this thing of being able to speak in tongues, it is not the gift of tongues that's mentioned here uh, for the whole church. It's a personal thing for you on your own. As Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he's not boasting in how much he speaks in tongues. He's just trying to indicate the importance of speaking in tongues on a regular basis and, and the importance of this uh, for the believer. And finally, uh, actually, uh, just one verse that I do want to read Ephesians 2 verse 10 may I say this to you it says that we are the workmanship we are a workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for good works that we would walk in them God has made you who you are and he's designed you to 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 fulfill certain things once you give your life to Jesus and that you those things would be fulfilled in and through you. He's got plans that are specific to you. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, as you give your life to Jesus, God has a plan that is specific to you. And so, Lord, let that be done. I am your workmanship. You've created me. And that I've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works and that I would walk in them, that they would be fulfilled in my life. Let the things that God has planned for you and the gifts that he's given to you be used to, to glorify him and to, to impact other people's lives. Finally, tip number 10. When you are not sure, when you're not sure about things, always go by the word of God. Psalm 119, 105 says that, that his word is a, a lamp to our path and a light or a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. There's a thing of seeing. We may not see all the way down the road, but we can see in front of us for today. We can see this is what needs to be done. The word of God, always go to the word of God. Don't, uh, so when you're not sure, always seek godly counsel. Don't go to the world for counsel. Go to those that are, are, are godly and of the Lord to seek counsel, to, to give, that they would give you counsel. So many, I, I can't understand why, why Christians would go to, to worldly counselors doesn't make sense that we would seek godly counsel uh when you're not sure always pray with thanksgiving in philippians 2 7 and 8 it talks about uh bringing our prayers and our supplications with thanksgiving to the lord we can bring our needs to the lord and it says that the peace of god that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through christ jesus and so i just want you to know at this time that if, when you don't know about something or you're not sure about something, go to the Lord, let the Lord know, pray about it and say, Lord, I need direction, I need guidance and, and, and hear from him, allow him to give you a peace of heart and mind, even when you don't know what to do. And lastly, uh, point number four, under when you're not sure what to do, always wait upon the Lord. Don't run ahead of the Lord, don't do your own thing, wait upon the Lord. In Isaiah 40 verse 31, it talks about waiting upon the Lord. And it says that, that we, shall, uh, there, we shall renew our strength. Our strength will be renewed. We shall uh, run and not be weary. We shall walk and not faint. We shall, basically, we shall even fly uh, like eagles. There's this thing about waiting upon the Lord that he is with us and he wants to see you through uh, the things of life. Um, so anyways, this, this 10 tips, powerful tips. You say, Pastor, does this work? Trust me. I use each and every one of these things on on when when they need as they are needed or uh in my my walk with the Lord on a daily basis and uh, so powerful for you when you if you want to have life and have it more abundantly uh, these these tips are thank God for his word and and grabbing a hold of his word and being able to um, to move forward in life, in victory, in fullness of life, in abundance of life. Just just wanna say, uh, if you don't know the Lord, give your life to Jesus. You say, what do I have to do, Pastor? Confess your sins. Why do I confess my sins? Because my sin separates me from God. One sin separates me from God. Just one, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the, the glory of God. So confess your, your, your sin to the Lord. The, the moment as we confess our sins, there's a, a work of cleansing that takes place by the blood of Jesus Christ. As we're, we're, we're not confessing our sins to a man, we're confessing to God. And as we confess that we are sinners, the Lord forgives us and he cleanses us and he washes us clean by his blood. And the second thing to do is, is make a confession of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for you. Acknowledge that Jesus died for you. He took all, when he died, he took all your sins upon himself. He died and took the penalty of your sin. And, and basically he died for you so that you can have life. And he was buried, but he rose again on the third day. Acknowledge that verbally and in your heart, believe it. And the last thing is allow Jesus to come into your life, to be Lord in your life. Those three things, confess your sinner, confess who Jesus is and what he did for you on the cross. And thirdly, invite him into your life and serve him with all your heart. He loves you so much, loves you so much, and he desires for a full, full life with him on this side of heaven and then for all eternity. Praise God. God bless you. Have a wonderful night, and uh, I hope to see you all soon. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, LighthouseNiagara.com.